Blog Talk Radio. Do, do what you want to.
follow Boston Police Detective Jared Shield as he sets out to solve a murder and kidnapping, only to confront a vast conspiracy competing to produce the last Antichrist of world history. Against the backdrop of drama and intrigue, the Woods End characters come to see that demons are on their last assignments. Bible prophecy unfolds in real time, and Jesus Christ is at the door. Two books, Woods End, and the thrilling sequel, The Year Between the Woods. Download from Kindle, Nook, Screwpulp.com, or purchase the softcover at Amazon. Also by Alexander Clare, a work of nonfiction, discerning spirits, visionary gifts, and practice. Got photos that need improvement? Freshen your photo. Old family shots that have gotten damaged? Freshen your photo. Want someone or something removed from a picture? Freshen your photo. At freshenyourphoto.com, we turn the pictures you have into the pictures you want. Add muscle, lose weight, lighten face lines, whiten teeth, fix darker off-color shots. See before and afters from dozens of happy customers at freshenyourphoto.com. That's freshenyourphoto.com. Inner City Strength is a memoir following a basketball phenom's life from abuse to glory. Basketball represented an escape for Dwight Slaughter, so much so that he wrote it all the way to notoriety. Inner City Strength is Slaughter's riveting story. Slaughter graduated from Verbum Day High School in Watts, a school with one of the top ten most successful basketball teams of all time. In 1972, Dwight Slaughter was voted number one high school player in the country by Sports Magazine. Slaughter was interviewed by sports reporter legend Howard Cosell on his popular show Sportsbeat and in his book I Never Played the Game. 60 Minutes anchor Morley Schaefer, John Chancellor from World News Nightly, ESPN, and Sports Illustrated named Slaughter one of the top 100 basketball players in the state of California. Slaughter's gripping memoir takes the reader into his personal life of abuse, betrayal, and murder. Get his book now on Amazon, iTunes, and Barnes & Noble, Inner City Strength. Real Talk with Lee brings you the latest news, sports, fashion, and politics. Get ready for celebrity guests, notable entertainment, corporate and political industry personalities all here for you on Real Talk with Lee and Jaguar coming up next. All right, it's a 10 of Tuesdays here on Real Talk with Lee. Um, we have our first guest in the building Yes, we have a Miss uh, Sir. I mean, yes, yeah, Sir F. Hathaway. Uh, did I get that correct? You did, Sir. Oh, okay. How you doing? How you doing today, uh, Sir? I'm doing great today. Okay, and uh, Sir, for the listeners who may not know who Sir Hathaway is, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm the fictional author of the book Day After Disaster. It's a story about a girl who goes to work one day and the whole world changes. She's a young woman, wife, and mother, and she's trapped away from her family when things happen. So it's her journey back to her family. Um, Beyond my book, I have a background in business management, and I've been uh, successfully managing many stores, and I'm involved a lot in social media marketing. Okay, wow. And um. How did you um, how did you get involved with this? 
Well, the book, um, I have, live out in the country, so I drive a long way to work. And mm-hmm. I was just thinking on my way to work, you know, what would I do if something were to happen? And I was separated from my family, so it's kind of a personal reflection. And I grew up um, hunting and fishing, uh, you know, um, out in the country. And so a lot of my history speaks through the book. And um, I'm just really into learning about some of the skills that our ancestors had that, you know, our grandparents took for granted that we're rapidly forgetting because of all of our technology and um, comforts of the new world that, uh, you know, if we lost them, we'd be kind of lost ourselves because we've come to rely so heavily upon them. Okay, wow. And um, when did you... uh? What what made you decide to um to to write this book? Like, was this something that uh you knew you would always do, or it was like through different life experience that you know led you to write a book? No, I like creative writing ever since I was young. Well, I was down at the river with my girlfriends one day, and I posed the question to them, you know, what if we lost power? And my girlfriends were like, Oh yeah, we wouldn't have our blow dryers anymore. And I'm like, are you serious, blow dryers? You know, so I'm thinking refrigeration and computer technology and Mm -hmm. all these great things that we have that would just disintegrate. And they're thinking blow dryers. And I went, wow, you know, a lot of the world is really naive on how fragile our systems are. And so it just kind of culminated into my fictional writing. So I just wrote the story down just mostly for myself because I had it on my brain. And then when I finally put the end on it, my mom was like, oh, you have to do something with your book. What are you going to do with it? And I'm like, I don't know. I just finished the book. I don't know what to do. So she encouraged me to publish it, and that's where I am where I am today because, you know, she was like, you got to get it out there. And, um, you know, it's helped a lot of people's lives out because it gives them a chance to really explore the concepts uh-huh. without having, um, you know, survivalist stuff kind of shoved down their throat it's written from a really naive point of view just to kind of get people thinking about you know what what kind of decisions would we be making if we did lose our our comfy lifestyle oh no that may, no you know what at the times like this um sir that makes a lot of sense because um you know there's been a lot of natural disasters going on and you know in the world in general and um you know we we never think about that but i know you know, I've had my power knocked out for like maybe like four or five hours. It's very inconvenient. So I, I try to imagine, you know, like people that, that be over in them countries, they have like them water slides and, you know, hurricanes, tornadoes and stuff like that or, or serious natural disasters. Um, that's something, you know, that you, you would need to, to have some knowledge on how to prepare for. Right. You know, what if those four to five hours turned into four to five days? Exactly. You know, and it gets really challenging at that point. And then, you know, for me, I live out in the country, so it's a little bit easier for us to um, deal if something were to happen like that. But I, I just really concern myself with the cities because, you know, there's so many people, and most people live in an apartment building, they don't even know who their neighbors are. And, you know, who do you have to rely upon when something like that happens. So if you could get everybody thinking about it and where's my food supply at, maybe I should, you know, be more aware of growing my own and things like that, even though, you know, space might be limited. But as a community, you could pull together more and be able to have a space where everybody gets, you know, the fresh food from it and things like that. 
So that's where I've really found my niche is being able to, you know, bring this information to people who are in the cities and get them really thinking about, you know, food supplies, about your community. You know, who are you going to rely upon when the power is out for four to five days? What are you going to do with your waste, you know? Oh, yeah. So, Dude, I right? remember because I went home to visit my mom a couple of years back around Christmas, and it was like a big snowstorm, and the power was out for a week. It was out literally for like about eight days. No power. Right. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, what in the, you know, so you don't, you don't, you really don't, uh, you know, really think too much about it until it happens. Then you're like, oh my goodness. And it didn't just hurt. It's like the whole neighbor. So you can't even like, you can't even really run to the store because they ain't got no power either. <laughs> right. Right. And like water and things like this that just aren't flowing now. And if you don't like take a little bit of hindsight to get ready for it a little bit, then you're just like, oh, oh, oh what happened? Oh, I don't have my computer. <laughs> you know, it gets really scary when you haven't thought about it at all. So oh, yeah, exactly. Really and then, and think of it this way. Oh, yeah, sure, you got a cell phone, but you once once your battery's gone, then what? Because you can't even recharge the phone. Right? Yeah. So they have, like, little crank um, radios and things like that now that you can plug your phone into, and it will actually charge your phone. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, they have all the apps, all the apps. Well, I have a survival app, so if something were to happen, well, what if your phone doesn't work, you know? Then then you're dead in the water. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so all yeah, the things that we rely we upon um... really heavily, and we just don't realize, like, how fragile the whole system really is. So, um, yeah, that's why I just really like bringing it to light through a story because then it's entertaining, you know. My book mm-hmm. has the story in it. It's got a love story. It's got, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll in there. But then you're also getting hit with the realities of now I have this family who wants to take my food from my family. What am I going to do? And it brings mm-hmm. really brings those types of concepts. You know, it hits you in the heart at the same time as you're enjoying reading the book and the story and, and the flow, there's laughs in there, and there's there's uh, it's a lot of fun to read. So, wow, yeah, we I don't know what we don't think about that stuff, like, but that's the society we live in. You don't think about things until they happen, which is you know, which is you know, which is like, like not a good thing because usually when it's when it when it's happening, it's kind of too late. <laughs> exactly, exactly, it is too late. And, you know, I always say, like, okay, so there's the prepper stigmatism out there, and people are like, oh, those people are crazy and whatnot. Well, really, do you have an insurance policy? Mm, You know, if you have an insurance policy, you've already told yourself, something might happen to my place one day, and I want the Mm -hmm. money back for it, you know. Or if you're driving around in your car, you got a spare tire in your tire iron, right, because you've already (laughs) faced the reality that my tire might blow out, and I'm going to need an extra one. So wouldn't it be a good idea to also have some extra water around the house? Um, they have these, um, they're called survival straws, and they filter up to 250 gallons of water per straw, and they're only 20 bucks. Wow. So, I mean, to not have one of those just lying around for just in case is just silly not to, you know, and there's just lots of really easy things that you can be doing ahead of time, you know, to give yourself that spare tire, to give yourself that insurance policy so you have at least a little bit of confidence if you were to get hit with a Katrina situation, you had to leave your house in five minutes. What are you taking with you? Mm-hmm. Right? That's, that's, a very, that's a very good question. You, you know, yeah, that's a I mean, very are you going to be the guy walking down the street? 
Yeah. Are you going to be the guy walking down the street with the garbage bag? You know, or do you have a bag ready to go where you can just grab it and be like, yep, this is all my stuff, and I know I can survive off this bag? Because natural disasters happen just like back when they had that big uh, hurricane Katrina. No one, no one expected that that to happen. It just happened, you know. And, right. And people were like misplaced, and a lot of people lost everything they ever had. And 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 that's like a, a reality, like no one really wants to face. You know, no one wants to think about losing everything that you worked so hard for. That's that's terrible. But it, it's exactly. a reality. Of, it just, it just could happen. You know, you can't just ignore the fact that it could happen to you. Yeah, and I'm out here in California with the earthquake situation. We get wildfires in our area and whatnot, so it's kind of like, you know, it's a reality check. You just have to go, you know, what if I did have to walk away, what what would I be taking? You know, what's my – I'd take my computer tower, I tell you what. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, no, so exactly. – Exactly. Yeah, exactly. you got to have, I guess, uh, you know, a, a plan, just like uh, you know, they they tell you they have like a fire safety plan and stuff like that, and a lot of us don't do it. But you know, you got to have some sort of plan because you know what I mean. You, you know, you can either uh, you know, most people it ain't that they, they just fail to plan. You know what I mean? Right. So when plans to fail, you just you just fail to plan. Exactly. That's so true. I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I would rather be the one who has a little bit of confidence. Uh, walking mm-hmm. out in that situation because you know it's going to be stressful, you know it's going to be painful, you know it's going to be emotional. Any way you dice it, you just lost your home. Traumatic things are happening to you and to your neighbors. But you know, at least you had some kind of an idea of what to do beforehand, so you have a little bit more confidence to be able to handle that situation without completely freaking out. And then we always think, well, you know what? Somebody's going to come to help us. You know, help will be on the way. We got the National Guard. We got, you mm-hmm. know, all the Red Cross, all these services. Help will be here. Well, we could see from Katrina, from Sandy, you know, from the tornadoes that happened, that sometimes the areas hit are so wide that you can't help everybody. Or they just can't get into where you are. Or it takes them days, you know, to provide you help. So in the meantime, you're sitting where with what kind of food? Mm. You know, and mm-hmm. then and then even if they do come to help you, we saw Katrina, some of the worst crime happened inside of the Superdome where they were holding everybody. Yep. So it's like, sure do you want to be there? <laughs> it, it sure did. It, you know what I mean? Like I said, and you, you made an excellent point because a lot of the people, it wasn't that help wasn't available. They, they just actually couldn't get to the location where pe- some of the people were. You, you know, right. so it wasn't like uh, we're not trying to. You know, when I try to help, it just said, "Hey, you know, uh, you couldn't get to some of those areas. It was just too flooded out, and you know, some people had to like really wait there for like a week, you know, right, to, to, to be rescued. <laughs> you yeah. know, you see it on the news, people were still on top of their roof and just literally couldn't get out of there. They had to wait to exactly. be like airlifted out of there or a boat to come and get them. Which yeah, is, which I'd rather is, have I mean, a bag, you know, where I know that all my stuff." that I need to survive is in that bag that I can grab within five minutes. So if I am sitting on top of my roof for, you know, a week, at least we're eating something. We got water, you know. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's my point of view. So over on my website at um, www.authorsarahshathaway.com, it's mm-hmm. Sarah, S-A-R-A, F like Frank, Hathaway, H-A-T-H-A-W-A-Y, 
I have um, a free downloadable guide for a go bag, and it's a list that gives you um, all the things that you would need to have in your bag for that kind of situation. So you can have it, and you can be gone within that five-minute period. You can be prepared. You can walk out of your house with confidence a little bit because, like I say, it's going to be stressful anyway. So, you know, it's better to know at least that you have something, that insurance plan on your back. Well, I watched that. What's that show called? Uh, Doomsday Preppers. Have you uh, have you seen it? Yep. You know, Doomsday Doomsday Preppers. Right. Okay, yeah, I was wondering yeah, why do you think why do you think that is? Because some people say, "Oh, these people are crazy," and I look at it as uh, maybe they know something you don't. Right. And I look at it. You know, some people get very carried away. There's hoarders and things like that as well. So some people get pretty carried away. And for me, like, to be mass supplying food at my house, well, what if I had a wildfire rip through and I lost my house anyway? It doesn't matter. So my point of view is all about tools. You can always get more food with tools, but you can't get tools with food unless mm, you find mm. somebody good to trade with, you know. So it's about filling your brain up with knowledge of how to survive when, you know, you need to know both the urban environment and the wilderness environment because, you know, if something were to happen, how long are you going to want to hang out in that urban environment? Yeah. Yeah, because I was just wondering, like, why would someone, like, deliberately, like, okay, we have, you know, we have all this technology. You know, it makes you think, why would people deliberately want to live off off, off the grid? You understand? These things are doing this because they're forced to. They're doing it by choice. Right. And they right. just genuinely yeah, do and- not trust the government. It's pretty you know, and right more and more people like that are popping up. Design. So it's, like, it's got to be something there. I'm not sure what it is, but it has to be <laughs> something there for that trend to be picking up like it is. It's true. It's true. It is a big trend right now. And that's why everybody asks me, well, how long have you been a survivalist? How long have you been a prepper? And I'm like, you know, I guess if that's how I'm categorized nowadays, I guess I am. Huh. And I've been that way my whole life because I grew up gardening. I learned how to uh-huh. can when I was little. I learned how to, you know, um, to, you know, grow our own food and put that food away. I learned how to hunt for my own meat. I learned how to fish and clean the fish and do all that stuff. So, you know, and nowadays I'm considered a survivalist or whatever because of that. But, you know, if you look at our grandparents, that's what they were doing. When you oh, went yeah. down the basement, it was filled with canned goods, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I remember uh, all the canned goods in the in the pantry. It was like so many, and you never thought, right? why, why do we have all these canned goods? And it was always just in case. Because <laughs> that's what's going in your belly, <laughs> you know. They didn't just run down to the store every day or every week or something like that. They, you know, they were putting it away, and they knew they made it through things like the Great Depression when times were really tough. And we, as a, you know, as a new, uh, the new America is kind of, you know, I have two sons and one of them's 14 and they just don't have any clue of what it means to struggle to get that food on your plate. We take it so much for granted, you know, that, that it's just going to be there. You just run down to the store. There's the food. I mean, what do you need to worry about? Oh, yeah. And see, a lot of them, um, people are saying stuff like, okay, the world's going to just run out of food because it's like way, you know, the overpopulation is just so many people in the world that, you know, in a few years it's just not going to be enough food to f- feed everyone. So a lot of people are preparing for that. A lot of people see, you know, like, okay, a natural disaster, you keep seeing it pop up in different parts of the country. 
you know, it isn't just here in the U.S. You've seen it, like, uh, you know, abroad that they're having, like, these uh, natural disasters. So, yeah, you know, a lot of people are like, uh, well, I'm not going to wait, you know, to it comes here. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and get myself prepared. Right, and that's that's the key. And, you know, there's all kinds of, like, food out there that they're like, oh, you know, it'll last you for 25 years and whatnot. So I just caution people, you know, are you going to want to eat that, really? I mean, it doesn't taste very good. It's full of sodium, and mm-hmm. it would supplement a diet, but it can't be your main diet. So you have to start thinking, like, what do I eat on a normal basis? That's the things you want to have stocked up behind you for a few days. You know, if you're gonna, if you're not gonna eat that junk when you're feeling good, you're not gonna eat that junk when you're feeling bad. So um, I really like to warn against that and get people mm-hmm. interested in their local farmers markets and things like that because you can go down. Those people are making a living off growing, off growing, you know, vegetables and whatnot. They're right outside of your city. And you can help them make a living by, you know, buying enough that you could learn how to jar a couple things and put them away in your own pantry. And then you know that's going to last for three years in that jar if you jar a can of tomatoes. And you don't have to worry about eating all this BS that, you know, they're they're trying to, oh, it's freeze-dried this, it's got a life shelf, you know, life of that. Well, have you ever eaten those, those freeze-dried packages? Uh, pizza, like a vegetables that um you get like from the frozen fruit section. No, like um the dehydrated like Wise food or like Mountain. There's a Mountain brand. Uh, they're, no, I haven't tried they're that. Not very tasty. Yeah, they're, it's horrible. It's kind of like a military meal where you'd like pour the water. Oh, okay. In the hot I've water. heard that because my uncle was in the military when I was a kid, and he used to uh he used to let us try those little meals that they had in they, that little big. It was like a brown patch. And, uh, right. Yeah. He, yeah. It was a big brown pack, and he would let us try it because we, you know, trying to learn how to camp and stuff like that. And he was saying like, "This is what he has to eat when he's out in the woods for a month at a time." Right. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm I mean. like, you got to eat this stuff when you're out in the woods, right? No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> they taste horrible. So, well, I don't know. That's just my my personal opinion. You know, is that I don't oh, know. I, I can understand. What's very tasty as a child? So, you know, I never tried it as an adult. But it wasn't very tasty as a child, you know. Like a child, that's not what you want, you know. But right, you know, yeah. you gotta you gotta so you do what you gotta do. I guess like, if you're uh, put in that situation. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you would, you know. But when you have the stress layers on top of you, it really affects what you want to put in your body, even though you know you need that. So you know, it's just good to have the knowledge of where do I go to find food that I'm gonna actually want to eat. What food can I store that I'm actually going to want to eat? They're doing mm-hmm. really cool things with um, you can jar like a whole meal in the jar. So it's like a fresh, you know, rice and corn and all kinds of good stuff in there. It's uh, this nasty, dehydrated, sodium-filled yuck. <laughs> so. Yeah, and here's another thing I keep hearing about, like, the, uh, you know, the – the, the, the value of a dollar, you know, is just, you know, pretty soon the dollar is just not going to be worth anything. And it's like, then what? You know, right. the collapse of the American dollar? Yes. Yeah. So when it finally um, does collapse, because you can clearly see that it's collapsing. <laughs> when it does collapse, it's like, then what? Then what do you do? Yeah. Since we took the dollar off the gold standard, it's been shaky. And we've been able to hold it up because we were a producing country where we were manufacturing a lot of stuff. 
well, that's all ended. And now, you know, our real value in our country is in our um, innovativeness and Mm -hmm. then our dollar because world trade is done on the dollar. But, you know, the dollar's value, if it drops and continues to drop like it is, then we're looking at a bit, uh, really scary situation because you're looking at a lot of inflation. And when you go down to the store and it's going to cost you, you know, eight bucks to buy a dozen eggs and you're not getting paid anymore, you know, people are going to start getting hungry and that's when it gets scary because, you know, we have so many people packed into such tight areas that mm-hmm. you start to have riots and things like that, like we've already been seeing. And so that's where it gets really um, spooky. You're you're in New York over there, you know, um, in the city, and uh, that that's a scary situation when you have a lot of hungry people, you know, all stepping on top of each other. So. Oh yeah, exactly like that. Um, like what we've seen like on the news as recently in Baltimore. That's just been you know. You know that's just been crazy. You know I, I don't condone that type. I don't condone that type of behavior, but I, I must. I, I understand. You know I understand where you're coming from. I'm not saying that. Hey, you know I wouldn't suggest anyone go out and you know participate in those type of activities because that doesn't really get the problem solved. Burning down your own community is not gonna. It's not gonna solve the problem. But you know I understand the frustration. If you know what I mean. Right. Yeah, I get it too. You know, I mean, when you start getting hungry, you start looking around, going, you know what, this ain't working. This ain't working. You know, mm-hmm. um, like you said, I don't agree with the behavior at all. I think it was ridiculous, and there's other ways for us to handle our frustration. If and that's what we got to kind jail. of keep in mind as we go through this, you know, as a country. Well, we have these, you know, these people are making, they're making buku box up high. And the thing is, like, yeah. back in the day, yeah. even though we had our tycoons that built the United States, they did things uh-huh. like building the Erie Canal to bring in more, business in the Michigan that came through New York, you know, that built the Erie Canal to bring, you know, trade through there. And that wasn't built by the government. That was built by people who wanted business to run. So it was basically corporate built. And the whole time they were putting people to work by doing that. You know, and we just don't see everything. Everything now seems that the government has to take over and do everything for the country. But it didn't used to be that way. We used to have people who were making money invest back into America, invest back into the people here and the the strength of America. And now they just go, well, you guys want to get paid this much, and they only want to get mm-hmm. paid that much, so I'm taking it away from America. And, you know, that's it's just a sad situation. I don't know how we can really go about fixing it right now. Um, so I guess that's why a lot of people are preparing for the worst, you know. But we need we have to. A lot of, we have a lot of you you had a question, Jack? Uh, talking about September 11, uh, September uh, 22nd to the 28th. You know anything about that? No, I don't. Well, oh, is that supposedly the meteor and the comet coming in? Huh? Okay, yeah, I did read about that this morning, actually. You did. So, yeah, NASA says NASA says you know they don't see anything like that coming. So and then being in the realm that I'm in because my book is appealing to more of a survivalist community and things like that. Although I wrote it for every person to you know really just reflect upon. But I've studied a lot more into the survivalist community since I I published it and everything. And it seems like every couple months there's a big something that's going to happen. Right. And, you know. Yeah, that they're trying to, you know, it's, it's how can we we be more visible, you know. So 
I take everything with a grain of salt, and I just know that the preparations that you do before any of that happens, because like I say, out here I'm more concerned about wildfire. That's, that's our big problem in my area. You know, and that could be knocking on my door tomorrow. We could have a lightning storm, and it would be, you know, facing me tomorrow. Or it could be the meteor coming in that I'm facing tomorrow, God forbid, you know. But, oh, yeah. You so know, just having, you like, heard, the... You ever heard of harp? The people about the weather? Harp. Harp? They, they, control, uh-uh. they control the weather. They do weather, uh, you know, tests and stuff like that. H-A-R-P, I think. Well, basically, huh, it's like, a, base, you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. I haven't heard okay, of that. It, it, it's these people called harp, right? And they and they uh, do things with the weather. They they try to manipulate the weather, like um. Say for oh instance, yeah, the the yeah. um cloud seeding. I have uh-huh. heard of that actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're... So, yeah, they 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 basically have been doing it all the way back since like World War Two. Um, that's uh, one of the strategies uh, strategies they use to uh, in the war, basically, to create some rain and um, make those uh, guys, you know, to try to create rain and make them, um, you know, all those guys suffer, you know, uh, our enemy with, uh, you know, making them mud and all that so they couldn't get their tanks or couldn't walk through. So the thing is, um, them playing with weather, which is natural, so natural to us, you know, in the land, um, when they do play with the weather, it messes up the balance in uh, uh, Earth's, you know, you know, Earth's rotational. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm trying to say? And, yes. Uh, yep. So, so basically, we have a drought out in California that's messing you guys up, and you know, uh, uh, from them playing with, trying to play God and, and and put their hands on stuff that they shouldn't be, creates droughts, and you don't get rain where it's supposed to be, like California, and it creates these uh, wildfires, like you're saying. And it, it's just going further and further back into, you know, the days of after the disaster. They're just preparing, for, um, preparing us for it, you know, right now. They're trying to, you know, do all these little tests to see how far they can go with it and, and uh, you know, trying to prepare us right now for it. Because you see all these government, uh, 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 new government agencies, and just it's, just it's just so crazy, you know. Yeah, they're doing the uh, big Jade Helm training right now down exactly. in the south. Yep. which everybody's yep. been all crazy about. And you want to trust that, like, they're doing the best thing, but, nah, you know, it, it why gonna... does it need to be on such a grand scale then, right. and why now? <laughs> yeah. And I've heard yeah. that Canada is also doing um, something very similar at, like, the same time, you know. So you have all your tin hat conspiracy, conspiracy, uh, uh, conspiracy people who are out there, you know, Mm-hmm. Uh, saying Walmart's got the underground tunnels and that, you know. So you got to decide at some point, like, how much of it is true versus how much mm-hmm. of it is just propaganda. You know, you never know. And you can't really trust the government or the media because the media is all owned by the same people who are pulling the right. from the government. Mm-hmm. People got to so, research. People got to get out re- and research these things, you know, like, they don't know that 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 you know. Um, I mean, it, it, it goes crazy, but you know, <laughs> I could go on all day about these people. But we just gotta prepare ourselves, like you said. You know, it's um things are starting to come and happen real quick. You know, you see uh birds flying out the sky, just dropping dead, cows being dead. Uh, yeah, we had all the sea lions come up. Yeah, um, there's supposedly a huge warm bubble in the Pacific. 
that has been causing um, a mass die-off of the ocean. Yeah. Um, we have all the sea lions wash up. Yeah, and then we've had the drought ever since that bubble appeared. Yep. So we are having an interesting spring, um, which is nice, but like I say, we're getting lightning strikes and stuff like that now. Um, But, you know, that's, that's really why, because you can't trust the system, because you can't trust the media, that's why I'm like, you know what, get to know your community. Get to know who's around you. If you're living in the suburbs, if you're living in the country, if you're living in an apartment building, get to know those people who are around you. Formulate some kind of plan so you, if something did happen, you know, even if it was something, you know, on, on a localized scale like Katrina or Sandy was, at least you can stand together with your neighbors and know, hey, that's, you know, mm-hmm. Joe who lives down the, on, you know, two doors down. And he's got the water, and I've got the food, and we all plan to get together, and we could stay locked in this building for a while and defend ourselves if we had right. to, instead of going to a superdome to, you know, be victims of the next crime. Yep. So that's why, you, bet, you know, I'm really just I, I trying agree, to preach. I agree with you so much, but you know what? In these days, man, people are like, are crazy, man, it, and it's, it's everybody for themselves in a kind of way. You know, I hate to say it yeah. like that, but that's how people are acting these days. You know, I, I would that's love true. for my neighbor to get up with my neighbor and say, "Hey, let's protect our neighborhood," but it's not going to happen like that. You know, it's just it's just yeah, dealing I mean, with it. You know, that's really the sad part. You know, that's why I say I'm a little bit luckier out here in the country because there's not so many of us. So if you go, you know, take a crud on your neighbor, well, the whole neighborhood's going to know about it. You right. know. But back there in the city, there's so many people that if you, you know, crawl on Joe Schmo, well, nobody's going to care. Yeah. <laughs> Next day comes along, and it's back to business as usual. And, you know, we're really connected social media-wise, but, like, personal face-to-face, we're just losing that. And it's like, then when something happens, who do you have to pull together with? Then everybody's thinking they're going to do the lone wolf thing where they're going to survive on their own. They're right. going to take out everybody and take their food. And it doesn't happen that way. Right. You know, does, you, know if some, you get a cut on your arm. Do you have the medical knowledge to take care of that? You got you know? the antibiotics that your body's going to need to fight off that infection? You know, it just right. doesn't happen that way. It, See, it takes a community. It sucks that um, our government doesn't teach us how to live off the land because they want to make so much money off of us. They're not going to show us that. So oh, no. Then by doing that, we get lazy. We don't know how to go hunt for food. We don't know how to go plant our food. You know what I'm saying? We don't know how to live off the land because exactly. they want to make the money. You know what I mean? So They're actually <laughs> outlawing gardening you see? in the cities and stuff. <laughs> You should be able to live off the land. This is our country, yeah. you would think. You exactly. Know, we should be able to do that. And, you know, yeah. like rainwater collection. Some counties are not allowing you to even collect rainwater. Like, I'm sorry, it fell on my house, you know. Like, really? You know, it's just going crazy. And it's not just with our staples. It's not just with our food and stuff. It's with our kids. Oh, well, yeah. you don't know how to raise your kids. We do. Why yeah. don't you just let yeah. us do it? You know, you know? They're, they're, they're trying to take, uh, you know, uh, they, I heard, like, over in California, they were telling them, um, um, you know, about the Pledge of Allegiance and, you know, should they say it in schools or not. And right. I'm thinking, huh? Yeah, that, that's ridiculous. Yeah. It's our yeah, country. Yeah. Be it proud of your country. 
If they want to say love your country say. doesn't mean you have to love the government. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, but the government should be on our side. It should be for the people, by the people, you know, and that that's the big disconnect we're getting right now. And, you know, it's a, it's a lot of the people's fault as well because we don't go out and vote. I do every time, but a lot of people don't. When we have bigger numbers voting for the voice than we do for who's going to be our president, that's a sad day. You know, that's a sad day. Because the more and more people don't care, the more and more they're going to go, well, we'll just take over and do it for you then. Now, um, say someone is listening right now, sir. Um, how can uh, the listeners connect with you? Could you tell, you know, tell them the best way to connect with you? Okay, so the best way to connect with me is on my website. It, um, I've got a big platform on there. I've got lots of survival information. I've got books um, that I draw off of. Um, so that's at www.authorsarahshathaway.com, S-A-R-A, S like Frank, Hathaway, H-A-T-H-A-W-A-Y.com, author Sarah F. Hathaway. And, what's and next I got a lot of Sarah? goodies on there. What's that? What's next for you? What can we expect in the future from Sarah uh, Hathaway? Are you were, any plans for another book or anything like that? Or Yes, I just put down the, I just finalized the story to the sequel to this book. So it's time to go into editing and stuff like that. Usually it takes a few months to roll it through production and whatnot, but the sequel will be coming out. And I'm also putting together my own podcast where I'm going to be sharing my first book with the community and then having a survival tip from the chapter that we learned about it during um, the book. So that will be the Changing Earth podcast Um, because my books all center around the concept that our Earth is changing. And humans are going to have to adapt to that. So it's the story of how the humans are adapting to what the planet's doing. Because we've all seen it change in the past. We know it's going to. Oh, yes, man, we have. We're going to have to adapt to the aliens um, that are going to be here with us, too. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I'm serious. I'm being dead serious. I hope not. (laughs) No, I know know you you do your research, Jay. Well, I found I hope not. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, (laughs) you know. They, they've been dealing be with it for a long time. I believe that um, aliens would never even have to touch foot on our planet. They would just exactly. give us some beautiful plague or something mm-hmm. like that that would just screw us up real nicely, you know. So, no, I'm a big lover of the ancient aliens um, programs as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Though I was Do you have anybody you want to mention on the show know, today, Sarah? A, uh, anybody you want to maybe give a shout-out to or somebody who may have helped you along the way that you might want to say thank you to or anything like that? Um, one of my biggest um, supporters has been James Hart, and he's a guy down in Texas. He's a really learned, learned man, and he's got a book out. It's called Preparedness with James Hart, or um, what's his, yeah, Preparedness with James Hart, um, his website, and he's just been a big influence in my life. He's got a, he's got a spot in uh, my third book that's coming out after the second one, so, um, yeah, and beyond that, you know, um, my one of my biggest book mentors has been Devorah Lansky, and she is the she has a whole bunch of book marketing programs, but she's running Podcasting Success Secrets right now, which is a podcast that talks all about um, strategies for your podcast and how you can monetize it or how you can get more visibility for it, and it's a really cool podcast that's out there. And she has just helped me 
build my author platform and just skyrocket it to a whole new level. So um, I would definitely have to get out, give a shout out to her, Devorah Lansky. Oh, okay, definitely, definitely. Well, sir, I definitely, we definitely thank you for being a part of the show. Yes, yes. Um, you know, you know, we de- definitely with some informative knowledge. Anytime you want to come back, because this is a subject, you know, we can go on and on about. So anytime oh, you yeah. want to come back, we'd be glad to come back and you know share mm-hmm. with the listeners uh, some of this great knowledge that you're that you're that you're uh, you know sharing with the people. Um, we're gonna take a pause for the call. Hold the line for me, sir. We're gonna take a pause for the calls. It's turn up Tuesday. We'll be right back. It's real talk with Lee. Yes, Ain't got nothing 
rap, so I got groupie love. She don't care, she follow me. Frequently, I follow her. She don't mind, she think I'm fine. I am her favorite follower. Twitter after dark is where I told her I would swallow her. And she said the same. At this point, I think a lot of her. She sent me a pic so I could start to see a lot of her. She ain't have no clothes on, so I could see a lot of her. Think I hit the lotto, bro. Make a million Powerball. I've been around a lot of times. Shorty worth a dollar more. Shorty turning me home. When I click on my computer. Thank you for being a part of the show. Um, Bieber, for the listeners who may not know who Deidre Patron is, 
Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, actually, I'm French. Like, probably, we probably people will probably listen very soon with my accent. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I moved to the United States about 12 years ago. And uh, the reason why I move is because I always had a dream when I was a little girl, and I wanted to uh, live in the United States and mainly in New York. So for years and years, it was just a dream. And then in 1998, um, I was a salesperson in France, and one day I decided that I will start my own business in order to be able to travel the way I wanted. So I started a business. I quit my job on a Friday evening and started my job on a Monday morning. I didn't know anything about how to be an entrepreneur. I wanted just want, the only thing that I knew is that I wanted something that was that didn't need any investment, that and I can do and run from anywhere in the world as long as I have a phone, internet, and a computer. So I started as a, um, a virtual assistant. It was the very beginning of virtual assistant in France at that time in 1998. And uh, and then very, within six months, doing the promotion, and since I was a salesperson before, I started. Uh, I transformed the company in telemarketing, and I had uh, I was working for small companies who needed a, a sales force and didn't have a sales force in house. So I was setting up appointment for them, or I was selling the product on the phone. And then within two years, I was able to grow the business enough to be able to travel again. And then I came to the, to the U.S. in order to eventually try to see how I could expand this company. And then I found out that working in the U.S. was completely different than working in France. And my English was not good enough at that time in order to do telemarketing, especially because I pretty much didn't speak English at that time. And then so what I did for the whole summer I came and I spent my whole summer at the the business library in New York, in Manhattan, in order to learn how to do business the American way, how you do marketing here, how you do everything. And that's how I heard about networking. Uh, I didn't know what it was. I didn't even know the the word networking at that time. And I needed, if I wanted to stay in the U.S., I needed to find a way to get a visa to get the paperwork. And actually what I decided to do, since I liked the concept of networking, was to start a business organizing networking events for entrepreneurs, and that's how I got my visa. Oh, wow. That's very uh, interesting. Like, um, and, and why do you think a lot of people don't um, understand that concept of, you know, having a network opposed to always just trying to, uh, you know, sell someone, you know, whatever product they it is that they have? Well, you know, when I started networking, uh, I I remember actually the, the very first event that I attended. I stayed less than one minute <laughs> because it was in a bar and there's so many people and it was so crowded and I saw all of these people who were exchanging the business card and I really didn't understand how it works. Um, but I never stay with a failure, so I decided to go back to the library and to take all the books that I could find about networking in order to understand how it works, especially because I decided to organize events. I like the concept that what I saw, you know, we didn't have that in France at that time to see people who were meet in order to exchange information. So I read every book and I attended every seminar that I could about networking. But then when I started organizing my own events, I noticed that a lot of people so that was in 2003 in New York, and I noticed that a lot of people, they meet, they come to the events, they go to a lot of events during the, the week, and they change the business card, they speak for two minutes and say they will keep in touch, or eventually they say, let's have a drink, 
And for six months when I started my business, I didn't know how it worked. So I was just doing what other people were doing. And I pretty much spent six months at Starbucks having people, conversation with people. But then I still noticed that nothing happened with that. So people don't follow up, people don't call you, don't email you. And we didn't have social media at that time, so it was even more difficult. So I was wondering, I said I like the concept of meeting people in order to introduce my business, but how it's going to work and how I'm going to grow my business if you know people never call or they just give me the business card and that's pretty much it. So I said I'm sure that there's something more out of networking. So that's the reason why I decided to learn more and to to create a system for myself in order to succeed and to grow my business through networking. And the funny thing is that since very quickly, I guess that what I was doing was working because very quickly my events became a kind of famous in New York and everybody heard the name of Biba or Biba for Network, which is the name of my company. And then people came to me to ask me what I was doing, how I was able to grow the business that quickly within less than two years, knowing that at first I pretty much didn't speak English and I didn't know anybody in New York. So I realized at that time that people don't really understand the concept of networking, even if they attend networking all the time, because they confuse networking with selling, and they go to the events and try to sell to people and try to do a sales pitch. So that's actually how, since I had more and more people were asking me what I was doing and how I was doing my business through networking, that's the reason why I decided that actually to become a coach, not that I wanted to be a coach, but people were asking me exactly what to do. And that's the reason why I published my book last month, also called uh, Stop Pitching and Start Networking, because it's really interesting to see that even if people are networking all the time, there's probably 95% of the people who network who don't know how to network effectively. And because they, they feel that networking is just when you go to the event. So you have to go over there, you meet people, you do your pitch, you try to sell them something. But that's not what networking is. And most of the time, they think that networking is just during the event. So most of the people, they don't have a follow-up system. So that's the reason why I put every strategy that I put in my business that was working for me, and then people were noticing that's what I put in a program a few years ago called Power of Networking Secrets. And I started coaching people on networking, and then, of course, a few years later, social media arrived. So for me, social media is the exact same thing. Whether you network online or offline, it works the exact same way. The strategy has to be the same. Uh, but it's the same thing, you know, on social media. If you meet somebody, if you ask somebody to be your fan on Facebook or to your friend, but then you never communicate with them, nothing will never happen. So that's the reason why I help people really to grow the visibility and how to network online and offline, how to integrate networking in the marketing plan in order to attract people, to grow the visibility first, to show people what they do, to just to introduce themselves and not try to sell anything at networking. And then from there, how they can attract people to them so that they don't have to chase them. Yes. I agree. That is such a turnoff when, um, you know, you have, um, and I'm at, this is not a shot at network marketing. I, I believe that network marketing is a good thing, but you have these people that join these network marketing opportunities, and now that's all they talk about. Actually, I you don't understand what I'm saying? Like, every post yeah, is but... about their opportunity, and, you know, and, and, it, and it's cool. Like I say, I have nothing wrong with that, but it's like, okay, maybe you're interested, maybe you're not, but, you know, everything that, that they say now, anytime they, that's all they're talking about. It's just like, look. 
you know, uh, if I was interested, you know, I'd contact you. You know what I mean? You don't have to yeah. like. And I think if that's the wrong point when you try to shove, shove it down someone's throat. You understand what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. that's going to leave a bad taste in a person's mouth. It was like it, it, it was that great. Wouldn't I find you? Yeah, but the, the thing also you mentioned, network marketing. I don't do network marketing. That's, a, mm-hmm. that's really different. Of course, in network marketing, you have to use this, the networking strategy. But network marketing is also different. And actually, I don't even work in my coaching. I don't work with people who do network marketing because it's a completely different mentality. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, the people who are in network marketing, their company don't teach them how to do marketing. So the only that's thing that they try to That's what I was saying. Do, I don't think because yeah. a lot of them, okay, you see a lot of them, but it's only that, that small number at the top that's, that, that's successful. And the rest of them, and, it, and I don't think it's because of lack of efforts. My goodness, you know, everybody, I know that's all they talk about all day. And every chance they get, they're trying to pit, you know, they're trying to sell you on this idea. But I'm like, um, I, don't, I don't think those tactics are going to work. You know, basically, Absolutely. you know, harassing your family and friends. And, and the, you understand what I'm saying? It goes from, you know, that to down people that you know aren't even taking your calls because they don't want to hear about this, you know, this, this great opportunity you're talking about. Yeah, because people, whether you're in network marketing or you have your own business but you don't know anything about marketing, the only thing that people do, because they don't have the strategy, they don't know anything about marketing, they just try to sell, sell, sell to everybody. So they go to networking and they do a pitch sell in, in order to introduce themselves. They're on social media and they connect with somebody and the next message is, do you want to buy my stuff? So this is not working. That's the reason why the problem, so many entrepreneurs, and mainly solo entrepreneurs, they don't have any marketing strategy because they can be very good at what they do, but they never learn marketing. So the only thing that they know how to do is buy my stuff. And that's the reason why it's not working. And that's why the way that I teach people on how to network, on how to do networking, uh, marketing, how to connect and do um, communication, is really how to communicate in a different way. You don't want to be the one who sells, sells, sells all the time. So how do you communicate differently on social media or when you go to networking events? How you can stand out from the crowd so people will notice that there is a big difference between what you do and what other people do. And especially if you give very good information and, and, and valued information, people, they will listen to you. And then they will like to know more. So let's say you meet them at a networking event and you have an interesting in, something interesting to say. Then after the events, and if you know how to follow up with those people, they will come to your website. They yeah. would like to know more. They would like to get your free gift if you have of your of a free gift on your website. They will see your article. They will watch your video if you have video. So mm-hmm. they will be they you will be able with the communication the way you communicate differently than anybody else. You will be able to build a relationship with people, and mm-hmm. then people when they like you when they see yes you're very professional and you don't try to sell them anything. That at some point they will notice the result that you have with your clients with the testimonials that you can have and say, well, you know, this person really can help others. So if I have this problem, I want to go to them because they will be able to help me too. So you that's said the very key word, which is relationship. You know, absolutely. people, they, they get a disconnect. And, you know, if you have a relationship with somebody, it's natural for them to gravitate towards each other, you know. Absolutely. And people mm-hmm. get to, need to know you first because you don't right. go to a networking event, speak for two minutes to somebody and expect them to buy you service. They don't know you. Why they should? You know why they should uh, buy from you, but that's the reason why. You know, if at the networking events, if you here to just introduce yourself, you networking events is just uh, it, it just to 
grow your visibility. So you introduce yourself, you speak to people, you try to Formal. help people right on the spot. Absolutely. And then I always say it's very important if you can help somebody at a networking event, even if it's not related to your business, that's even more important part because people will notice that you care about them and that you're trying to help them in any way. Uh, most definitely, good. most definitely. Now, how did how were you able to, uh, you know, like what are some of the different um, tips you could share with, I guess, the listeners? Because I see you, you took your uh, business from zero to a $100,000, you know, business. Like how were you able to do that from scratch? <laughs> like what are some well, of the, the tips and strategies you were able to use? Or maybe you can share, you know, some just some tips with, uh, with the listeners. Yeah, actually, that's exactly what I do with my coaching. And most of my clients, they, they can either people start their business from scratch, or I have people who started recently. And if if that's the case, I I help them to double or triple their revenue within three months using the right strategy. Because the first mistake that people do when they start a business, they don't know anything about the target market or who is the, the ideal client because they try to sell to everybody. Because they have the feeling that if they go to an event and they say to people, oh, my product is for everybody, they will act, there is probably will have somebody in the room that will be interested by the product. So they go to networking events and they don't even do any search or any selection. They go to all events now, when you go to, when you know who is your target market and your ideal clients, and you select the networking events according to your target market, you have more chance to interest people. So that's the very first step that most people don't do. They don't do the research about the competition, and they don't know who is the target market. So then, when they communicate or when they go to events, they communicate to everybody instead of being very focused on the target market to make sure that when they communicate to the target market, people will relate to what they said. And if people relate to what you say, they will be more willing to follow you, you know, either on social media or on your website to see more of what you do. So that's the, the first mistakes people do. And then second thing that most people don't learn marketing, so they don't, they, they may have a great website. I have no, a lot of people who come to me, they have a wonderful website, but they said, I don't understand that six months, that a year, that's two years, and I'm still not selling anything because they don't have the right strategy. So Again, the most important thing that I teach to people is really how to grow your visibility online and offline so you can attract the people instead of trying to chase them. It may take some time because people, you know, to grow your visibility, it's, it's, you know, it won't happen overnight. But if you have the right strategy, you can connect with the right people. You can target the right people to do partnership, for example. So you can cross-promote each other. People can share your articles. Uh, people, you can do web, webinar or seminar with other people. You can do radio or podcast like you do. So that way people who are on the show, they have visibility to your listeners. So everything that you can do, as soon as you know who is your target market, it's not only it's easier to find your clients, but it's also easier to find people that you can partner with in order to uh, use the to to profit of the target market of the of the audience also. But you know that the audience is targeted. So that's the biggest problem that most people do when they start a business. They just start with not even thinking, not doing any research, and that's the reason why they don't see results. Okay, now, uh, do, would you, um, like, recommend, like, I don't know, um, you know, some people, they go get paid uh, advertising, but then, then it's like, like you said, if you don't know your target market, you know, who who your target audience is, it's kind of hard to really do effective advertisement, 
you know, say you go advertise with the local newspaper, you advertise, you know, um, you, you, you know, you might want to add, you know, on, on, a, on a small cable network or something like that, or you want to add through, like, social media. But if you don't know mm-hmm. who you're really targeting, then it's like, I don't know how that would be effective. You know yeah. what I mean? Let, let, let's say that you're a gardener. You know, if you would or not, if you, even if you have the money to pay for one page in the New York Times, you know, you don't know who will see you at. Now, if you do the research and you find what are the magazines on the newspaper specialized in gardening, and then you put an ad in that magazine, then you know that the people who read that magazine, they are targeted because they are interested in doing the garden, in, in improving the garden, or to do plants or something like that. So you will have more chance to have a better conversion on your, on your ads, also on your money. So that's the exact same thing when you connect on social media. For example, people say that they don't get any results on social media because they just try to click on it everywhere and try to invite everybody. Now, if you select the right group, the groups that are related to your topic, um, and then you connect with the people in the groups, like if we speak about the gardener, you find a group on Facebook, on LinkedIn, speaking about gardening. And then you know that the people who join that group is because they have an interest in gardening. And then when you communicate with those people, if you exchange, you start the conversation, you comment, you give them some tips, then people, they will notice you at some point because they will see you on a regular basis. And then they will come to your website. So that will be much easier to convert somebody in a group specialized on gardening that if you go to a website that is specialized for web marketing, for example, and you try to get people who like gardening. So that's the reason why it's very the first step that most people miss when they start a business because mm-hmm. they start a business expecting to make to make money immediately, but they don't do the primary research. What is the oh, yeah, name that makes of the title thing? Um, you uh, stop the group, you should at least, you know, like you said, maybe make tips and con- just lead people your way because you're now, now you become an expert. You're giving them tips, but. Uh, I don't think people are going to buy from somebody they feel like, you know, just, <laughs> I know just as much as you, or, you know what I mean, you're not an expert to me, so why would I buy into what you're saying? You, you know well, what I mean? You just came out of left yeah. field. I don't know you from a can of paint, and you're expecting me to you know, buy your product? Why? <laughs> the, the difference is that you see well, when you're doing something and it's not working for you and you're doing the same thing over and over and you don't get results and you can't grow, you can't get clients, you can't grow your revenue. And then when you see other people who are growing the business, well, the reason why people come to me because they were able, when I was doing my networking events in New York, for example, and I did it for five years, the reason why people were coming to me and at some point they were asking me what I was doing because they saw the result. They say, how can you, how did you do it? You didn't know anybody, you didn't speak English, and now you're everywhere. So how you, did you do that? What are your strategy? So that's the reason why I started coaching because people were asking me. I didn't decide one day, get up one day and say, oh, I want to be a coach. So, and then the same thing, when social media arrived, then people were, I, all the time people tell me that I'm all over social media. They said, how are you doing it? Do you spend your whole day on Facebook or do you spend your whole day on social media? And when I said to people, no, I spend only 15 minutes a day on social media, but because when you know exactly what you do, you, again, you're very targeted. So I'm not trying to reach everybody on social media. So when people see the result that you have, they say, well, you know, if it works for you, then it can work for me. So that's how you get clients because people see your expertise and they, or it can be 
be for somebody who wants to lose weight, for example. Well, if you see somebody, if you see a coach or a fitness person or a trainer and you see that they have a great result with their clients, that they show testimonials of pictures of before and after, that they help the clients to lose weight, somebody who wants to lose weight will say, well, you know, I want to work with this person because I know this person had great results. So that's how you get clients, and that's the reason why, again, when you don't try to, to, to sell anything but you show your results, that's how people come to you. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. I definitely agree. You know, cause so, so many times people don't take the, the, the time, to, you know, to get to know what it is exactly what they're, you know, they're representing or, you know what I mean? And when you start a business, like I heard, like, I heard a statistic. I don't know how true it is, but they said normally most business takes about five years to turn a profit. Like, say you want to open up a franchise like a Burger King or a Wendy's, you, you're, you're not in profit mode for, like, until, like, your fifth year in business. Mm-hmm. And most that? people don't don't even go over the two or three years. Wow. Yeah, everybody wants to do fast money, fast money, you know, it's not Absolutely. about that. It's patience. You and know. you know, we we know that it takes time to, to to really have a business running. I remember when I arrived in New York, just because you know we say that everything goes faster in New York, I said, oh, within three to six months I will be rich and famous. <laughs> well, even me, I realized that I had everybody who told me, I said, no, no, you know, it will take you two to three years. And I remember I said to all of these people at first, I said, but I don't have the time and I don't have the money to wait for two to three years. But then you learn exactly how to do it, and then you get the result, and then you. I started working with coaches because what I was doing on my own was definitely not working. So, so same thing, coaching was not very very popular in France at that time. Everything changed now, but at that time we speak like 12 years ago. So I noticed that there was all the people that I knew, people who used to come to my networking events, I knew that they were growing the business. And I said, what do you do? What's the difference between you and me? And then I realized that most of them told me I work with a, with a coach or I'm part of the mastermind. So what did I do? I said, if that's the way for them to be successful, that's what I have to do too. So that's how I started working with uh, with coaches. And since then, I never stopped working with a coach because you never learn, you you never stop learning. There's always new strategies, especially now, you know, with internet and everything. There's new marketing strategy every three to six months. So you always have to be on the top of everything. So the best way to learn is not to reinvent the wheel, but it's to learn from people who are in advance compared to you and have great results with those strategies. So that's more than 10 years that I work with coaches and I, I'm part of Mastermind all the time. So that's helped me also to work with other entrepreneurs. And that's the reason why I offer coaching and I also offer Mastermind Group to help my clients to grow the business. So whatever I learn, I can teach them so they can go faster. They don't have to lose all that time that I lost at the beginning, not knowing what to do. And then they, it, it go, they grow much faster. They make money much faster. And that's how I, I, I'm able to help most of my clients to double or triple their revenue within three months because suddenly they know what to do. They know the right strategy and they're not trying to sell, sell, sell all the time, wow. but they know how <clears throat> to communicate correctly. Yeah, I, I was just about to ask about that because I've seen them on your website. Um, how, how is that possible, <clears throat> you, you know, that, that, that you're able to take someone to double and even triple their revenue in their business in, in 90 days or less? Just because they don't have strategy. They just try to do stuff. They don't have any 
they, they don't have any plan. They just try to do this, do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. They don't track the result. They don't see what's working. They don't communicate with the right people, once again, because they don't communicate with the target market. So as soon as you refocus the business in order to tell them, okay, this is the kind of people you have to work. This is the kind of communication you need to have with those people. This is where you will find those people. So suddenly they don't waste the time. Mm-hmm. And that's how you can help them to refocus completely, especially if they had the business since, since, since I had, for example, a client who had a business for 14 years and came to me last year, last summer, and she was almost ready to stop her business because she was not making any money anymore because the situation changed, they couldn't change, and all that kind of things. And then, you know, just the same, in three months, we were able to get her more money, triple than what she used to have in 15 years. And what now, she's growing even more because she knows exactly what the strategy she should use in her business. So she's not wasting her time in different things that I told her, okay, this, you don't need to do that anymore because you, that's not working in your business. But how you will we switch your business in order to use only what you need to be very effective, to change the, the organization of her business, and then target only the right people. What was the name of your, um, your thing, Stop What? My what? Sorry. He said, "Stop, stop doing." Oh, um, my book. The book that yeah. I published last last month with bestseller on Amazon. It's called mm-hmm. "Stop Pitching and Start Networking." So you can find it on Amazon, and I also launched a book in September called "Start Your Dream Business Today," because that's really what I want to help people. That's my main mission, actually, not only to help people to start the business and make money with the business, but only to start doing that they're passionate about and they they do do what they love and work with the clients that they love. The same way that I was able to realize my dream uh, and have the lifestyle that I want to be able not only to live in the U.S. but have the lifestyle that I was expecting and the kind of business that I really enjoy. So that's my main mission, to help people to start the business of the dream, work with the, uh, the clients that they want, do only what they, know, they, they love, and make money out of it. Now, I was wondering, like your program, like it, did it come with like a money-back guarantee or something like that, or how, how does that work? If people say, well, you know, I've tried uh, you know, these type of different um, you know, coaching and programming, and it didn't, didn't work. Like, how, how, can the, um, you know, how can a person who's listening you know, be certain that, okay, if I go over to and, and try you know, your program, that it, it's going to work? Well, you know, when you're a coach, and the same thing with me when I take a coach, I mean, they can't guarantee me anything because personally, my coach can teach me everything that she said. If I don't implement anything, it won't work. So the exact same thing that I say with my clients. I can teach you everything that I know, everything that I do in my business, but if you don't implement, if you don't do anything, if you don't change anything in your business, it won't happen. So as a coach, there's no coach who can guarantee the business because when you invest in a coach, you don't invest in the coach, you invest in yourself and in your business. So it's depend on what's the determination that you have to really implement what you learn from the coach. And I notice the same way that, you know, my clients who are able to have the best results are the ones who implement immediately what I tell them. Uh, recently, I had a client who between two sessions, so which means between two weeks, so she's in France, she was able to make 10,000 euros just after one session of coaching because wow. she decided that what I teach her, she implemented right immediately. So the same way, we refocus her business, 
we changed the target market, we decided on how to position the price for her product, then we we created the offer, and then she, I said, well, you know, since you already have a network, you should contact the network, the people who, get, who know you already, the, to let them know that there's something new in your business, and connect with them not only on social media, but also pick up the phone. And just the fact that she implemented everything that I said, in, in two weeks she got cut four clients at $2,500, so she made tens a euro. So she made 10,000 euro just in two weeks just because she implemented. Now you will, not everybody will have the same result at the same time because some people say, oh, yeah, but I need more time, but yet I'm not sure that I should, use, I should pick up the phone or I'm not sure that I, use, I should use social media. I'm not sure of this. So, of course, if they take more times to do it, some people have the result in two weeks or in three months mm-hmm. or they can have it in six months, but it really depends the, the commitment that you have and the determination that you have in doing things. Like another example of, of a client, when she started with me two and a half years ago, she didn't know anything about marketing, she didn't know anything about social media, and she had a candy store. So you say, and I, when I told her, we will use Facebook. And she, she told me, she said, why should I use Facebook? I'm selling candy, so her Facebook won't help me to sell my candy. So we created the same thing. We work on her ideal clients. We work on their branding. We create a strategy for her. And today, 80% of, her, of the orders from her store come from Facebook because she decided that, okay, I don't understand anything about Facebook. I'm not sure it's the best thing for me, but I'm, I'm investing in a coach, so I'm investing in my business, so I'm going to learn what the coach is telling me. So, and now, you know, and she lives in the very small island, so it's not like she sells all over the world, but just she was able to get all the market where she is in the little island, and, you know, Facebook is 80% of her revenue today. Mm-mm-mm. Wow, that, 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 that's definitely interesting. Yeah, and you make a good point because it, it does come down to the individual, and, and if they're willing to, like I said, you can lead the horse to water, you just can't make them drink, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's the same if you take somebody who wants to lose weight. I mean, they can work with the coach, but if the coach tells them what to eat, how to change the diet, that they should go to run like three times a week or something, they can invest whatever the, the, the amount that they invest in the coach or in the trainer. If at the end they decide that continue, they want to continue to eat the same way that they used to eat because they don't like what the coach said, well, of course, they will never lose weight. So a fitness coach will never be able to assure the person that they will lose weight, but they will lose weight if they do what the coach said or what the trainer said. Can you tell us about a, a client you had that um, you know, was the most – biggest turnaround for you or the biggest change you've seen in that person from your uh, knowledge? Could you share with that with our listeners? Like, you have a yeah, story the, or the, the maybe story, a client yeah, that the, you- the mm-hmm. different story that I have is really, and I see the difference between different clients also. And I have, for example, in the French market, I have a mastermind. So the people, they learn, we have the session at the same time. It's a group, so they all learn. They hear me at the same time. But same thing, you know, not everybody has the result at the same time. Because depending on the personality of the person, some of them um, can take longer to make the decision to understand to understand what you said, to decide that, okay, yes, uh, uh, now I'm ready to do that. So the, the, per, the best results are really the people who implement immediately when they implement what we said immediately, that they have the, the result immediately.
Makes sense to me over here. <laughs> what, what are you thinking over there, Jag? Sorry. Oh, okay, now I was I was asking I was asking my coach uh, what what okay. do you, what do you think of, uh, about that? But I, I don't know if it's uh I don't know if it's line dropped or what. Wait, like say the listeners since someone's listening and they want to connect with you, like how can someone like uh, connect with you or you know where can they find this information? The best way to learn more about what I said and uh, is for them to go to my website called theconnectionqueen.com. And when they come to the website, they will actually be able to uh, sign up for a free ebook on how to network mm-hmm. more effectively and also a series of five or six videos on how to, uh, to grow the visibility, how to learn, understand more about networking and social media. And then if they want my book, so Start Your Dream Business Today or Stop Pitching and Start Networking, they can just go directly on Amazon and look for Biba Pedron and they will find my, my book. And they can just put Biba Pedron on Google because they, they will find me pretty much everywhere because I grow my visibility and that's how I attract my clients. <laughs> oh yeah, I've seen. I was uh, looking at some of your social media. I see that you've, um, you know, you've actually grown, grown a nice audience, and uh, a lot of people never even uh, get that audience. So obviously, you're doing something right, and, and, I, and I feel that you can help others because you know a lot of people would love to have thousands of people that they can connect with that are actually yeah. there to you know receive their message. If you know what I mean, a lot of people don't don't get a, a huge following, and it's not because you know people don't like it's because, like you said, some of them tactics that they're using are just a turnoff to most people. You know, mm-hmm. you can't come yeah. in, you know, and instead of trying to get to know someone, they just automatically sell, sell, sell. And um, you know, I understand because a lot of times they're taught those those tactics that those old school tactics that just do not work. Yeah, and that's the reason why it's very important that you communicate differently than others. For example, so I live in the U.S. for 12 years. I didn't go to France or Europe for the last eight years. And three years ago, I decided that it was time to come and coach in the French market. So I didn't go to France for the last eight years. And today, like, I have 80% of my clients who come from Europe. I never go over there. So the only way they find me is through social media or through my website. So the only way they find me is because I have a a good presence uh, online. And once again, I'm not trying to sell them anything. I'm just trying to give them some information, some resources. I I communicate with them, and then um, that way they... They can find me. They can learn more about me. They see my articles. They see my. The, 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 they, they join my webinar. They join different things. And then when you build again, when you build a relationship, the people get to know me better. So they they see the result. They see the result that I have with clients, and they said, "Well, I want the same result." So again, you can have the good thing with social media and internet today is you can become international like just with your computer and internet but the same thing you have to attract the people correctly in tra- instead of trying to sell them all the time oh yeah most definitely um you, you definitely have to you know <laughs> you definitely have to uh, make a connection with that person i think it's, it's so much easier to feel more responsive to that because now you have a you, you know you have a, a relationship with this person you have a rapport Opposed Absolutely. to you know that's like uh, that's like um, I worked in sales many years. That's like when somebody walks in the store, you know, I worked in retail, cost in all type of place. You walk in the store, that person's coming in to buy something, right? But if, mm-hmm. if you if you were to jump out and say, hey, can I help you? That person's automatic response is going to be, no, I'm just looking. Absolutely, same thing. You're not in this store. To, you came here to buy something. You know exactly what you came to buy. And if you just was kind of patient, waiting around, you know, let them kind of come in there and get comfortable. 
And then when they, when they start, you know when they want to sell something, they'll start looking around. And you don't go in and say, oh, hey, you need some help. You go in and start talking about the product. Oh, great choice. You know? <laughs> yeah. Features, if you, if give you the features and the benefits, they're their soul. But if you come if in and say that, that, that kill phrase, uh, did you need some help? They're going to yeah. say, I just no, I'm just looking. It's kind of like a defense Absolutely. mechanism, you know? Absolutely. Exactly the same. Or if it's the same if you go dating, you know, if you go on the date and you ask the person to have a baby on the first date, that, that won't work. <laughs> so that's exactly the same thing. People right. don't, not, don't realize it, but it's exactly the same thing. So you mm-hmm. need to get to know the person. You need to talk to them. You need to have different emails, exchange by email, exchange by phone, exchange by Skype, whatever it is, or one-on-one if you're in the same city. So you really have to connect with them first. And when you have the connection, then the sales part, will, the, the sales process will start later. Yeah, you got to take them out to dinner and look nice for them, right? Absolutely. <laughs> You have mm-hmm. to make effort. You have to do things for the other right. person. So really, networking is not about us. It's about the other people. What you can do for them, uh, how you can help them. Because really, when you, especially when you attend a networking event, for the when you meet the people for the first time, they really don't mm-hmm. care about you, what you do, and uh, uh, your story. The only thing that they will care is what you can do for them. So as long as you can show them what you can do for them, how you can help them, and that's the reason why I always say, you know, if you can be a resource for the person, even if you meet them for the first time, but you help them right on the spot, even if it's not related to your business, that will make a big difference with the other 10 other people around you that we will probably try to sell them something. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, what, what's next for you, Biba? Like, what can we expect in the future from uh, Biba Padron? Well, I continue to coach internationally. Uh, actually, I have different uh, other projects coming up, and uh, one is uh, in September to have a telesubmit in the U.S. market. I just did one in France two, two months ago, so I will do a telesubmit in the U.S. market. Uh, my target market is mainly women because that's really where is my passion is to help women entrepreneurs to really grow the business, start a business, grow a business, and be financial uh, financially free. And I'm also working on another other project to help people. It's not entrepreneur, but it's something that I that really want to help people. People who um, lost their job for a year, two years, and people who can't find a job, and because everybody tells them that they're not worth enough or they don't have the the right skill and something like that. But most of the people they don't they can't find the the job because they don't know how to introduce themselves. So I'm working on a project with a, a, fr- a company in France, and we will do that in the U.S. also in order to help more people who lost their job since very long time uh, to help them to find a new job. Definitely. Do you have anybody you want to um, give a shout-out to, maybe you want to uh, uh, give a thanks to, maybe uh, you know, gave you some encouragement, advice, or help along the way or anything like that? Well, for the people who are looking for a job, and it go back to networking also, because most of the people who are looking for a job, they forget that networking is very important in order to find a job, especially in mm-hmm. the U.S. You know, the statistics show that 80% of the jobs are found through networking. But most people who are looking for a job, they don't even think of networking. The entrepreneur, most of them, they don't use networking correctly, but the people who want to to find a job, they don't think about it. You know, just, just look on the, on the newspaper or online to try to find an ad. But if you go to networking, if you know how to introduce yourself, if you don't do a pitch to try to sell yourself, uh, you know, it's like an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur shouldn't pitch his products when you look for a job. 
you you don't have to pitch the person and say, well, I'm looking for a job. Do you have something for me? Same thing. You have to go to different networking events. You have to uh, find the, the targeted places related to the job that you're looking for and build a relationship with all the people. So when you build a relationship with those people, they will help you if they can, and they will be able to connect you with other people. And we know that it's much easier to find a position or to find any resource when you come with the referrals. So that's a part of thing that we will train. We will start very soon. I don't have the website for that yet, but it will be. I will put the information on my website when, when we're ready for that. But it's really how to teach them, how to introduce themselves, how to use networking, how to be prepared for an interview, what to say at the interview, what not to say at the interview, and also to motivate people. Because if somebody lost their job um, like two years ago, they have no more motivation because everybody else tell them that, you know, they, they won't be able to find a job. So we will be here also with different programs to teach them on how to find the motivation again, how to show the passion again, how to show that they're very determined, determined and how they're committed. So that way when they go to an interview, the, the recruiter will see that. And the person in front of the, on the other side of the desk will say, well, that's the kind of person I want. Maybe you didn't have a job for two years, but you have the determination and you're ready to commit to do that job now. So that's how we want to help people uh, to find a new job. Most definitely, most definitely. Uh, Beaver, we definitely want to thank you for being a part of this show and uh, you know, sharing, sharing some of your vast knowledge with the listeners. Um, Anytime you want to come back, just definitely let us know. Uh, we're going to um, take a pause for the calls. Y'all hold the line. Um, well, hold on. We got to get out of here in a couple minutes. Okay, we, we're going to get out of here. Uh, hang on for me, Pedro. We're going to get out of here. Um, it's been Turn Up Tuesday. Y'all come back tomorrow. Wild Out Wins. We have another great lineup. Um, yep. You want to add anything before we go, Jack? Uh, Peace over everything. God above anything. Peace over everything. God above anything. And we out. Goddamn, you cold as ice. Type of lady that can own the night. Angel in the dress, blessing in disguise. My heart connect, you can see it in the eyes. No metaphor for your aura, baby, you got it. In your love bank, let me make a deposit. Yeah, if you my time for, I give you my wallet. Give you the world just cause you deserve it. Never have I seen a picture so perfect. Go, girl, work it, work out just to look good. Timeless smile plus good, good. Keep it till the reaper comes. True rider for the castle. Really don't mind hoes who hassle. But when war come, ready for battle. I see ya, mama mia, humble diva. Don't do songs, but known for her features. So much clash, your ass should have been a teacher. Make a nigga really wanna bring a preacher to meet you, girl. Goddamn, you're cold as ice. I thought I'd let you know. I thought I'd let you know. Goddamn, you're cold as ice. Don't lose control. Don't lose control. Goddamn, you're cold as ice. I thought I'd let you know. I thought I'd let you know. Goddamn, you're cold as ice. Don't lose control. Don't lose control. Uh, when the rain it pours, baby girl, when the rain it pours. So how about we go to a place where it don't rain no more? Yeah, you and me. Uh, when the rain it pours, baby girl, when the rain it pours. So how about we go to a place where it don't rain no more? Yeah, you and me. 
Uh, let me take you to eternal bliss. She said she wanted more than less. She wanted happiness, security. Embrace the insecurity, sick of lanes. So she said the cure was me. I feel it. It's cool, girl. You rocking with the finest. To make them like this, you have to redefine science. Never go against our reliance. Let's take a trip to an island or the pina coladas. Laugh about to come up when the sun go down. We fucking turn the sun up. It's nothing, just me and you. Told me her sex was a weapon. Turned around, hit me with a 22 like. some new music and shit, people send their new shit, you know, so I got a few new songs on there, you hear me? <laughs> 